had sex and I got the gnarliest yeast infection of my life, like literally wanted to rip my vagina out of my body. Hello and welcome to the Feminine as Fuck podcast. I'm your host, Monica Yates, a period and women's life coach, where I help women to harness the power of their period and connect back to their true superpowers. In these episodes, we'll be talking about all things periods, vaginas, hormones, women's health, sex, confidence, food, femininity, and all the stuff that goes through our heads. You'll walk away from each episode with new nuggets and truth bombs, as I don't seem to have a filter and I love talking about all the shit that people are too afraid to say, but everyone is thinking. Hello, ladies, and welcome back to another Cacao and Convos. I'm so excited for this one. This one is with my friend, Lindsay, and she owns a beautiful um, vaginal healthcare, um, what's the word, like products, I should say, in New York. And I love her to bits in our conversations that we have are juicy as and just like fucking real. Um, So this is going to be another one of our conversations. And we're also answering some of your questions that you guys left me the other week in my Instagram story about um, any vaginal health issues. So things like UTIs, thrush, all that jazz. This is Lindsay's jam. So um, I cannot wait for you guys to hear this. And we're not just talking about UTIs. We're talking about sex. We're talking about laser hair removal, pubes, bodies, everything. And there is so many funny moments. I was like literally dying on this conversation. So get ready to laugh a lot. And please, please, please share this one in your Instagram story just to help bring awareness to other women that these issues are so normal. All the stuff that we talk about is just like fucking normal. And the more that we can bring it to life and just have a bit of a laugh about it, the less of a big deal we can make it. And then we can just sort of move on with our lives and not overthink all this shit. So make sure you do that. Also, we have an epic giveaway. So make sure that you have clicked the link in the description to join the giveaway um, so that you can win some of her incredible products because your vagina will be thanking you. Hey, Monica, how are you? Good. How's New York? I miss it so much. It's so good. It's finally starting to warm up, which is amazing. Sun is shining, so I can't Yay. complain. Yay. How's Australia? It's still warm, and I've got the aircon on and, and a turtleneck just to try and keep myself in winter because I'm, like, winter obsessed. I will do anything to make myself cold. It's fucking ridiculous. Anyway, um, okay, so everyone, this is Lindsay. Lindsay's fucking amazing. She owns Mamataro, which is a beautiful vaginal health company. Do you want to just tell us a little bit about um, the brand and how you got into it, Lindsay? Totally. Hi. Um, Okay. Hello, Australia and Australian (laughs) friends. My name is Lindsay. I own a company that's based out of the US. It's called Momotaro Apostica. We are an all all organic and natural vaginal wellness company. So my company creates packaged goods for issues like UTIs, BV, uh, yeast infections, irritation from sex, clothing, exercise, basically all the shit nobody wants to talk about that everybody experiences. Like you have a vagina, you've definitely had something going on down there, whether it's from frustration or whether it's from a, you know, condom irritation. Uh, that's what we're, that's what we're addressing. So our products are aiming to hopefully change the industry and change your quality of life. Amazing. And not be fucking antibiotics. No, exactly. We talk a lot about that. Antibiotics are definitely not the ideal, um, you know, the, the ideal option, I mean, granted, it's something we have to deal with and potentially use from time to time. But yeah. as we all know, you notice when something is wrong, you're like, wait, there's an itch. What's going yeah. on? <laughs> you know, like, let's, let's, let's get ahead of this. So we create products for that, preventative. preventative. Um, preventative. Amazing. And no, but, and also when you get them, cause I've used them 
the first time I had BV and the only time I had BV, thank God I had your products and I lathered that shit on and it was like gone. And I was freaking the fuck out. I was like, what is happening to my vagina? What is happening? And like, it's scary, right? Because you go on the internet and they just freak you out telling you that you have like basically AIDS and you're going to die. And it's totally not the case because it's fucking Dr. Google, but you shove your shit on and it's gone in two days. No, totally. I mean, I like quite literally slather this shit all over my body at this point. I just like feel like an infected human as like I'm sure some other people do. You're like, what is going on? So now I'm just using these products that are naturally antibacterial and antiviral. And, you know, to be fair, that kind of leads into how I started this company is I was 27. I had a new sexual partner. And to be frank, we had sex somewhere we shouldn't have. Like we were out in the middle of nature and had had sex and I got the gnarliest yeast infection of my life. Like literally wanted to rip my vagina out of my body. And so I do like the general Googling, as you're saying, it's horrible. It's like, you know, it's like you're basically a green pus coming out of your vagina, which is not true, but they just paint these horrible systems. You start looking for things that aren't even there. And you know, so I go get a monostat. I don't know. Is that what you guys have in Australia? No. Monostat. So it's, it's, it's essentially the over-the-counter cream that you put like a suppository up into your vagina. Oh, maybe, uh, maybe we do have it here, but I've just, ne- I'm, I'm, I'm lucky that I've never suffered from UTIs or anything, but a lot of people, they shove creams up there. All their doctors will just prescribe antibiotics. In Australia. Yeah. So that's essentially, that's what I did. And it sent me into this other tailspin. I was like, all of a sudden had BV. I was getting UTIs. I eventually got a kidney infection. I was like, why is this happening to me? Um, I'm lucky enough to have a business partner who's been super supportive. And he was my romantic partner at the time. And we're like, let's fix this. Like we can make something better. We started doing a ton of research. Um, He was in biology and sustainability. And we're like, we can make, we can make this better. So my background is in branding and marketing and beauty. I worked for big beauty companies before and we were able to find and create these solutions that, you know, spoke to me in a way that was more inclusive, that didn't make me feel disgusting and actually made me feel better. They actually solved my problems instead of making them worse, which is what a lot of the products do. They're very misleading. Yeah. Well, of course, because even like you look at antibiotics and whatever, and they just lower your immune system more, which means you're more likely to get the next UTI or the next bout of BV or yeast infections or thrush or whatever. Other problems going to come down the road. Exactly. Yeah. So essentially what the antibiotics do, especially for things like yeast infections, is they wipe away the good bacteria with the bad. And you need that good bacteria to help you fight against normal irritation and day-to-day infections. So when people say take a probiotic, like, you know, lactobacillus, which I feel like is super common, um, that's what that's for. They're trying to put that good bacteria back into your, you know, vagina and into your microbiome. Of course. And you guys have done an amazing brand, amazing job with branding. Love the new packaging. Um, and also, oh my God, when I saw you in New York, I started following that, um, who was the chick that you told me what's with my vagina or whatever she's called? What's wrong with my vagina? Yes. Fuck, she is hilarious. She's the best. Yeah. And, and she also just keeps it super real of like, yeah, I have a vagina. This is what happens. Like I, I have sex and, and, and what? Exactly. And that's, that's the point. That's the point of this whole project of Momotaro, of, you know, people like Molly Margaret who run these types of platforms mm. that talk about vaginal wellness is that it's super fucking real. Like, do not feel gross. Do not feel weird. Do not feel disgusting. 
it's normal. Like discharge is normal. Uh, changes during menstruation are normal. Like irritation from condoms, all of that stuff is totally things all different types of people experience. You oh my know? God. And Irritations from condoms. Fuck so me weird. dead. <laughs> yeah. Oh my gosh. I swear to God. Every time I have sex with a new partner, I'm like, or well, any partner really, um, you know, safe sex, number one, obviously. Yeah. Vagina smells like latex. And then it feels like somebody's like shoving a giant plastic bag up of it. And I'm just oh my not. God. I'm not down for that. You have micro tearing. And then especially if you have rough, rough sex, or God forbid you'd had a couple of drinks before, your system's totally at risk. Oh, 100%. And I've tried some of the vegan brands um, mm-hmm. of condoms. And I really, if, if anyone knows of an amazing, like good condom brand, it's all natural, like please send it my way and I'll bloody post it everywhere. But I tried a vegan condom brand one time and I honestly felt like the next day someone had shoved sandpaper up my vagina and given it a good fucking rub. It was, <laughs> it was horrendous. I actually was like, have I, like, what has happened down there? It was not okay. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. I, I, I wish I knew more and could create a better, you know, condom or something like that. You know, that's something we're interested in doing down the road, but because Western medicine, things like condoms and lubes are so heavily regulated there, they have tons of antibacterials and they have all these like safety guards that, the government and at least the FDA in the United States require you to have to make them, you know, safe for the public. They basically have to cover their asses. So they have all these chemicals and synthetics that again, make it worse on top of whatever's in your vegan condom. Like I don't even know. Sugar. They put sugar, not not in vegan ones necessarily, but in normal ones, they put sugar in them. And it's like that feeds any bad bugs in your vag. And I'm just like, that makes absolutely no sense. Um, Absolutely. what happened with the, um, the, I know last time we were speaking, you were trying to get the organic thing, but it was like so fucking expensive and everything's in, everything in the product is organic, but you can't get the, the thing from America because you got to pay like some ridiculous amount or something. Yeah. So one thing I think that's interesting to think about and to look out for when you're buying products is if they're hundred percent organic or not. So we our the way our products work is every single ingredient in them is organic every single thing that goes into it but because um we don't pay to have it certified organic by the government we cannot say the product is we can say we use certified organic ingredients so you know learn how to vet your products you know and it's and it can be very misleading something can say all natural but like all natural actually doesn't mean anything you know so check be super specific be like okay you know the olive oil the you know, jojoba, the shea butter, that each individual one is organic yeah. because you can still stop a you know, certification on there and, and it might not necessarily mean anything. There's a million and one things and stamps and seals and this and that, you know, really do your own research, learn how to read a label. Oh yeah. hundred percent. No, I even say in Australia where it's like, um, people think that the product, because it says organic is okay, but they'll look in the, I'll, I'll be like, just because it's organic canola oil doesn't mean it's good for you. Well, a funny thing with that too, something being organic, organic just means like organic matter. Like that could be like saying there's like dirt in your condoms. Like, oh, it's a, well, it's organic. It has to be at least in the US, like USDA certified organic. Otherwise you're like, yeah, this is just some plant matter or whatever. It's, you know, but it's, like, it's also it's like, just a great marketing um, tactic. Totally. It's like I saying mean, there's organic that- water or something like, or 
Yeah. Wait, do you, do you all have LaCroix or LaCroix, LaCroix out there? Didn't you hear like all the drama that went on with that? Wait, they have the brand? Yes. Yeah. So LaCroix has natural flavors in it quote unquote and someone went and tested what their natural like pineapple flavor was and it turned out that there was like roach killer in it but because what natural the flavor, fuck <laughs> yeah it's like one of these terms that's except is like generally accepted by people and by labels you can say it you don't have to regulate what natural flavors actually are and it's the same roach thing killer that, yeah you have to look it up there's a ton of press on it that's fucking disgusting yeah and so it's the same, like, for lube, like, natural flavors. Like, oh, what does yeah. That mean? Fuck that. Like, yeah. Chemicals and sugar. And you're like, do I really want my lube to taste like mint chocolate chip anyways? This is just weird. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody's genitals should taste like mint chocolate chip. That's not even a natural flavor. But you know what I mean? It's 100%. Like, <laughs> yeah. I mean, whatever. Oh my God. It's so funny. Um, okay. So let's go through some of the questions that the girls sent through and then we can just go from there. So, um, one of the girls had said, um, I have thrush symptoms for years, doc tested and said, it's not there. What can I do? Well, so there's always going to be a certain amount of candida present, right? Like it's one of the bacteria that live within your body. Yeah. Same but stuff. When you have, yeah, exactly. When you have an overgrowth is when you're going to start to feel those symptoms. But you know, it can live within, you know, very different parts of your vagina and manifest with different symptoms. So like vulvar itching or like, you know, right at the base of your vagina, which is like where I feel like where most people experience it, you know, they go and they scrape within the vaginal walls and maybe they're like, well, it's not super present here, but if you feel it, you feel it. End of story. You should, you know, you should find ways that make you feel better. I mean, we do a lot of that with Fumamotaro is being able to have these like naturally cooling you know, creams and things that you can put on that will stop from itching day to day. You know, you want to be able to kill the bacteria at the source as well. So if you can find things that have the tea tree or the golden seal that have berberine, that will not only like topically soothe, but actually fight the candida. Yeah. Awesome. Cool. And then obviously use your fucking, use your products. Yeah. Oh my gosh. I mean, totally. I don't want this to become like a big fat advertisement, but oh, yeah. This is going to be a big fat advertisement for your products because it needs to be. <laughs> I mean, like this is the only thing that changed like chronic yeast infections for me, like constant itching, constant being self-conscious was being able to have, you know, what we have now, which is our multi-use salve, mm. you know, our topical tonic, which is the oil. Oh, and then our the tonic as well, really good for like after you've gotten a Brazilian, I don't let them, I don't let them fucking stick any of their toxic shit near my vat. I'm like, no, that's just no thanks. Um, so I like, I will literally like take the, um, tonic to the fucking wax place. So after they wax it, I put it on and it just like soothes it so quickly. It's amazing. That's amazing. I'm so happy to hear that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I feel like there's, you know, an interesting culture around waxing and shaving and depending on how you choose to wear your pubic hair or not. I mean, I grew up mostly waxing and it's still a habit I do but I let my hair grow in and it, it's itchy even when it grows in oh you yeah know? And, and I want it to soften up when it's coming through like you know and the follicles are kind of changing and you know it irritates it when you shave or wax it's just something you have to live with one way or the other and yeah the tonic has been so helpful for that and, and it smells good oh, and it, it smells and it's so natural. good it's yeah. natural I don't want to put something like I feel like a lot of the products that they give you are like here make your vagina smell like a summer's breeze and I'm like that's it not is I know, right? Um, I was actually talking about this yesterday. I did a Facebook Live and somebody said, um, 
uh, can men help to bring your hormones back? I'm trying to get my period back. And it's so funny. Like you taste different depending where your hormones are at. And, um, Mm. so we were talking about how like, yeah, like men can actually have the effect of like helping to bring your period back and bring your hormones back back into balance and where your hormones are at are going to change. Um, the smell and the taste of your vagina. So if you are finding that your vagina is really, really smelly and you don't know why, like definitely look inside of your hormones as well. Yeah, absolutely. And that's something obviously you can speak on a lot better. I mean, you're, you know, on my side, definitely when, depending on where your cycle is mm. and how your body changes, yeah, that can change your pH imbalance or balance, which is what a lot of people associate bacterial diagnosis with. And that can kind of come and go also with the presence of um, extra candida that can also change it, um, depending on, you know, your discharge and ovulation and all of those things. Um, just keep, keep like, keep track of what is normal for you. Like I understand and know what my normal cycle of, um, you know, the month is and what, Mm. you know, what feels right to me and, and just be in tune with that. I think that's, like one of the number one misconceptions is that everybody has this idea of what a vagina should look, taste and smell like, and it should be this perfect thing. But like, it's all different. You know, everybody has a different, you know, chemical makeup and your vagina is one of those things obviously affected by that. And no, a hundred percent. Don't be ashamed. Don't be embarrassed. Just, and you know, something to kind of go back to what you were mm. saying, people are actually more attracted to people with vaginas when they're ovulating. It's like oh, a yeah. weird animal thing where it's like, Ooh, I'm going to procreate with you. (laughs) You smell different when you're ovulating. It's like more attractive to the male because they know that you're ovulating and it's like, Ooh, prime time to make a baby because they know like we're born basically being baby machines. So all my screens Mm -hmm. frozen, we're born being baby machines. So when we're ovulating, it's like, Oh, prime time for babies. Yeah. Shout out to the people who do not want to be baby machines. I definitely ovulate. And I'm like, I don't want, I, I don't know if I want to have children. So it's kind of funny to think, like, think about in that regard, how like, yeah, you know, having sex and these people are ultra extra attracted to you while you're ovulating. I know it's crazy, right? Yeah. And of course that doesn't mean you, that, that of course does not mean you have to want to have a baby. It's just like no. the biology side of things, like how our brain works. So if you want to go out with your girlfriends and meet a guy, like you should go and you're ovulating. Or meet a girl, go and you're ovulating. Oh, funny. Yeah, I am also bringing that up, going out, meeting people, sex, all of those things. I have an IUD. That totally changed um, my microbiome and balance for sure once I had an IUD put in. And I had to kind of read, readdress what felt normal to me once I got uh, my IUD inserted. Oh, that's you a know, really so. good note. Yeah, definitely something to think about how your um, – hormonal or non-hormonal birth control is affecting uh, your balance. Yeah. Great. And, um, cause with the pill, obviously that totally will wipe out, um, your, your microbiome balance and does mm-hmm. affect your gut a lot. So that's another thing to really consider. And the fact that you're shoving four times the amount of estrogen in your body. So it will exacerbate any mm-hmm. sort of symptoms of thrush or whatever, because the estrogen is going to make that worse. Quick side note, actually with, um, with the ovulation and like knowing what is important for you. When I got BV for the first time, even though I'm a period coach and I know exactly what to look for, I was not trusting myself, right? And I was Googling, dumb idea. I was Googling and then Google's like, this is how your your cervical fluid should look at this time and this time and this time. And I was comparing and although I knew it was normal for me, I was comparing it. And that's why it's really important ladies to track your cycle and track your cervical fluid because 
don't compare yours to what's showing up on Google or somebody else's. If you, if that is normal for you, then it's normal for you. hundred percent. I can't even, I like, couldn't agree with you more. Um, BV is, is especially hard because it manifests in people in so many different ways. And it's so common. One in three people with vaginas have bacterial vaginosis. And most of them don't even know they have it for one or know what it is. People are very accepting of just being uncomfortable from time to time, day to day, month to month, because we're so used to having so many changes with, you know, hormones and menstruation that BV kind of becomes this afterthought, but it can become extremely problematic, irritating, and, you know, makes people very self-conscious because of, you know, these changes and how your vagina may smell or taste. Um, I think, you know, definitely that fishy odor, which I hate. I wish we could find another way to talk about the way this I call it Vietnamese fish sauce. (laughs) (laughs) When I was in Vietnam on a school trip, we had to go to a fish sauce factory and it just smelled like you were walking into a giant vagina. It was horrendous. Fish sauce is so much more aggressive. Actually, if your vagina (laughs) does smell exactly like fish sauce, you've got bigger problems. Like, that is not what, like, the normal fishy odor smells like. Love it. Cook with it all the time. Maybe, you know, I don't know. But so, yeah, white discharge, um, itchiness right at the base of your vaginal canal. Like, there's so many things. Just like, yeah, like you said check out what's normal for you. And if your vagina does smell like actual fish sauce, go to the doctor. <laughs> Tips from Monica. Your vagina should not smell like food products. I mean, food yeah. play all food, but do not stick things with sugar up your vagina. No, it's like it's all, now we're getting in, now we're getting into like the food talk and no, no shame on food play. If that's what you're into, but yeah, but still be careful. <laughs> yeah. Be like, careful. <laughs> food play and vaginas. What not to do? Like no one's crazy. Well, it might seem sexy, but it's just like a yeast farm. Like, no, thank you. Oh my God. That's so good. A yeast farm. I love- and actually another thing that I would just love to just bring to light for everybody is STDs. And there is so much shame around STDs, but again, it's something normal. If you've got one, you go to the doctors. Yes. You have to go on antibiotics, but guess what? It's not the end of the world. It's not the end of the world. And you know what? there's again, so, so insanely common and it's, it's just taboo and there's so much shame and a lot of it is put onto the woman, you know, because we Mm. oftentimes carry more uh, physical manifestations of symptoms um, than men do like chlamydia discharge. Like you just, you, it's more present, you know, it's in your underwear, you're seeing it more Mm. so. And I feel like you know, as people with vaginas, we take, we take a harder rap on that, which is a bummer. And it also affects us very differently. Um, we can have further complications, whether it's pelvic inflammatory disease or eventually even making us infertile. And one thing to keep in mind there is keeping like really great vaginal health day to day will help you stay healthy and help your immune system fight off potential STIs. You know, having any of these types of very regular day to day infections consistently can put you more at risk. You know, BB makes you more at risk for potential STIs, which 100%. is fine. Just, and they're natural. Yeah. Well, not natural, but like, I mean, like they're normal, they're common. You don't need to be shamed. There doesn't need to be shame around it. With yeah. um, vaginal, um, like I was going to say washing is not the right word. So I just wash with water because when I was little, mum used to always be like, wash your vagina with soap. And it would make my vagina really itchy. So one day I decided, fuck that shit. I am putting no soap near my vag. 
Honestly, good for you. Okay, I have a, a few things to say. That. Yes, you're totally right. Do not wash in your vagina with soap. It will, again, so many soaps have antibacterials in it. They will take away bacteria just like they do on your hands. It's not good for it. And a lot of those soap agents are super drying. Think about like, think about that, what, it, what soap does to your hands if you don't put moisturizer on after and it gets all like crackly and hard and scaly. Who wants a crackly vagina? I do not. And again, no shame towards if you do, vaginal atrophy. <laughs> But if that's what turns you on a crackly vagina, then you go, girl. (laughs) Yeah, but you know, so yeah, no, no soap within the vagina. Um, You can use soap on the outer labia, you know, especially if you have like extra lube or bodily fluids or blood or whatever it may be. But keep the soap away from your vagina. And you know, I think most people. Well, actually, that's not true. Most people don't realize that your vagina is actually your vaginal opening. That's not your whole like outer labia, inner labia, clitoris, clitoral hood, and vulva. Those are separate. So, you know, I sometimes use soap like near my pubic hair, things like that. Oh, yeah, but but not up your vag. No, definitely not up your vag. That's for sure. (laughs) You know, it's funny. I'm like so entrenched in this. I'm like, sometimes it blows my mind that people do this. But this information is Dora, I'm the same with my job sometimes. I'm like, doesn't everyone know this? But they don't. No, of course. And, and that's what we're here for. And that's why we want to talk about it. And, exactly. it. and it's fun. When you finally get to connect with people about this kind of thing and you can laugh about it, it brings some humility to the situation. Like I can't begin to tell you the amount of times now and I've had people and oftentimes strangers be like, holy shit, I had the worst yeast infection of my life. It felt like my vagina was literally on fire. And like, we're just kind of like laughing. And I'm like, yeah, I've been there, done that. And it allows you to bond and understand as opposed to like everybody secretly dealing with these things behind closed doors and feeling bad about it. Like, why are we doing that to people? I know. Like, if you think about it, it if it was another part of our body, we would talk about it. We would talk to our friends. You'd be like, what the fuck is happening? But because it's our vagina or our vulva or whatever part of it is the problem, it's Mm -hmm. like there's just immediate shame and Mm -hmm. We just need to really fucking get over that and just talk about it. So if any of you are watching this episode and got a good story, just send it through and I'll have a laugh with you because, you know, it needs sometimes things to need to fucking laugh. Yeah. I'll tell you a story about yeah. our Momotaro products because I've been so such an advocate for using these products kind of all over your body. I sent them to a girlfriend of mine. Um, shout out to if she ever hears this. It's a great story. She was surfing with her boyfriend in Costa Rica and she had to poop and she was like, crap, I need to go to the bathroom. She had to like paddle in and I'm sorry, this like took a weird turn, but, and she had, she went in, she surfed, they were like in the middle of nowhere, had to wipe her bum with a leaf and got a crazy infection. Like, no, that hole was inflamed and she didn't know who to talk about. She put Momotaro on her butt. It's antibacterial, soothing, anti-inflammatory. She's like, this shit changed my life. And she's like, I didn't know who to talk about. But she's like, I feel like people should know that these issues happen, whether it's your bum, your vagina, like all these spaces, like things happen. Sex is real. Like it gets messy. Like have fun with it. Take care of it. Just be open, you know, and be safe. Yeah, that's, my God, she wiped her bum with the leaf and got an infection. Poor thing. Yeah, it was like some crazy tropical leaf or something that like, you know, like why the plant in Costa Rica that she should not have had it with? But it just makes me laugh. It's like, we're all dealing with some wild stuff. Like everybody's got a story. I hear stories about people using things as sex toys that they probably shouldn't, that 
then they got weird irritation from, you know, just like all sorts of stuff. Oh my God. That is so funny. I absolutely love it. Okay. We'll go to the next question. Next question is reoccurrent thrush. You've kind of answered that. Um, I think we've mentioned, I mentioned this before to you, Lindsay, or you might've mentioned it to me of like your products help to like, they balance your pH levels, which then helps to stop the reoccurring thrush or UTIs or whatever. Yeah. Well, and they also have those like naturally occurring, you know, active ingredients, the berberine and two of the ingredients within our products that help fight the bad bacteria all the time. So if you are, you know, working out a ton and you're sitting wet underwear or wet clothing, or you're doing things that are micro tearing your vagina often, or, you know, even lifestyle factors that can affect you drinking or sugar intake. You know, some people just do things that may cause them to have these reoccurring infections. And there's things you can do to battle that. And that's drinking water, that's using our products, that's, you know, doing a cleanse every now and again. There's, there's a lot of different things depending on what works for you. Um, oftentimes when people are first experiencing like recurrent infections, I kind of say, go at it from every angle, you know, stop drinking alcohol don't as, ingest as many simple sugars and carbs as possible because you know, those break down into sugars in your body. Um, always wear 100% cotton underwear. Do not use synthetic soaps or washes and, um, you know, keep track, like keep a journal of what might be instigating these infections. You know, what are you doing? Is it happening a certain time of month? Is it because you eat something? It's all about being mindful and understanding. Like I know if I go out and I drink a ton, you know, over the weekend, shout out, it's a Sunday night over here. I'm like taking an antibacterial bath and like rubbing my bar on my body. I'm just like not even going to mess with it. Yeah. Um, love it. Yeah. So just be mindful and use the products that help daily that are still, you know, soothing, and it's that preventative healthcare as well, which is yeah, why your products are great. Don't let it get to infection point. And it does, you know, like if you have a UTI or you get them often, you know, often always pee after sex, but if it turns into a kidney infection, you have to take the antibiotics. Yeah. But if you're someone who experiences that normally, you know, look for the symptoms, fight them before they're already there. Like people take echinacea and they do for, you know, do things for their like general wellness, if you will. Why wouldn't it do? Why wouldn't you do it for your vaginal wellness? Same Love idea. It. Such a good point. Um, okay, our hormones linked to thrush slash recurrent thrush, and what are some options for treatment? Okay, we've got a lot of thrush. I've kind of already mentioned that one. What about thrush right after periods? So a lot of people, because of discharge or the pH balance of blood, it will instigate a yeast infection or thrush. And you know, there's not depending on who you are and or tampon use. Mm. Um, I always had a really hard time with tampons and often times the tampons that we have available to us and that are affordable are full of synthetic cottons and chemicals. There's no regulation on what goes inside of a tampon, which is absolutely insane. There's quite a few companies now that are battling that. That's awesome. And they're advertising why it's important. What you put in your vagina during menstruation is very, very important because um, there's already so many changes happening. There's so much inflammation. There's so much, um, you know, obviously blood discharge that you know, keep extra care. Um, but, you know, I don't have a lot of specific period related advice as, you know, kind of we're, we're, we're the one-stop shop. Yeah. No, as as it's it. just like basically rub mamatar all over your vagina all the time is basically the first answer. Um, okay. Do you know anything for diet and natural for someone that suffers from pelvic pain? Well, firstly for pelvic pain, everything basically body problems, you need to reduce your inflammation, number one. Um, and then 
does monitor, does the Mamatara stuff help with pelvic pain? I mean, I guess it's, you know, it's a local dose of anti-inflammatory as well. Yeah. Yeah, totally. I mean, it, to the best of its ability, there's, I mean, what type, you know, what type of pelvic pain? There's so many different types associated with so many different types of issues that we have, whether it's, um, you know, associated with your period or whether a lot of people get pain during sex, it's completely random. Mm. Uh, and a lot of it's stress and related to kind of the actual occurrence. Like, I feel like I deal, talk to a lot of people that are like, oh, whenever I'm having sex, I get all this like crazy pain and I don't know where it's coming from and it's shooting pain. It's stress. A lot of it, I think, is stress. It's like inflammation, our- which is stress. Yeah. And, and you've got to find ways that your, you know, ways or rituals or things that help you find peace with that meditation finding rituals that make you feel better taking a bath you know um discovering what feels good what doesn't feel good um you know i don't recommend our products as like a full-blown pain reliever um there's definitely other topicals it's unfortunate that you guys don't have um cannabis legal or cbd do you guys have cbd legal in the in Australia? no i was talking to my friend that owns um a hemp company and she's trying to get it over but it's not like hemp uh sorry hemp we have hemp that's legal but cbd isn't legal at the moment so you'd have to fly to america and then order it and and then and then yeah. bring it home um yeah. but you know in terms of any sort of pelvic pain any sort of inf- inflammatory issues the basis is going to be you need to look at your diet and your lifestyle and go, where is stress in my body? Where is it subconscious stress, also conscious stress, whether it's work, relationships, childhood shit that you're still holding on to. Um, obviously, diet, going out, sleep, sugar, alcohol, all those things are all going to be linked to that. Yeah, and there's totally, you know, there's a bunch of other things that people talk about, like, you know, both bodinia and dyspareunia. Like, mm. go, to your, go to your gynecologist and ask them, be like, look, maybe this isn't the rush, maybe this isn't BB, but like, what are, you know, what are the other things that this could be? I'm getting an intense shooting pain. You know, a lot of times it's vulvodynia. And to be honest, Western medicine doesn't have a lot of really great answers for those problems. And, you know, hopefully, and now I think with a lot of the movements in the sex tech space and women's movements, people are starting to address these acute issues more specifically. Why is this happening? Why don't we have more information on it? You know, you, just like myself, I'm sure here all the time, like, my doctors just don't even know what's wrong with me and they can't help. And that's so frustrating. Oh, I, the stories that I get on a daily basis of doctors, like not taking marinas, marinas out of girls, marinas having their girls wedged in their uterus and the doctors not taking them out. I'm like, what the fuck is happening? It's, it's pretty, it's, it's disgraceful is what it is. So yeah, it's pretty hard. And, um, but what I will say with like even um, Valdinia and like any sort of pain, especially during sex, is that a lot of the time it's a subconscious thing where our brain is like sex equals fear or it's stressful or it's scary. And that's where, that's where that comes up. Because I've had a lot of clients have that. And then as soon as we, re- we reprogram that belief in their brain, it was gone, which is pretty fucking awesome. Um, okay. Uh, next question is laser hair removal isn't safe. And I think we've talked about this before in our chats, but I would definitely want your opinion on it because you've had it. I've never had it purely because in my mind, I'm like, I don't think it's been around for long enough to know the effects. And also I just have this thing where it's like, I don't want a laser near my ovaries and I'm, I don't want my daughter in the future to be like, oh, why doesn't mommy have hair and I have hair? They're my, literally my only reasons, but I'd love to know your opinion. 
Oh my gosh. Okay. So that's really funny. One, I will be fully transparent in that. I didn't even think about the whole laser going onto my ovaries when I was doing it. I was probably just being vain and was like, I don't want any hair here, which is silly because, you know, I think it was because of the way I grew up. I grew up on the beach. Everyone just started waxing when they were younger. Um, I never finished all of my treatments. So I do have pubic hair now. It's a lot thinner. Um, but you know, you can shave, you can wax. I think, I think laser can be good for people that don't want to worry about it. You know, I see a lot of women that do it just on the side of their legs and their bikini line, which I think is awesome. And it yeah. makes you feel more comfortable and confident. Amazing. Um, but pubic hair serves a purpose, you know, like it, it's absolutely there for a reason. And, you know, while I have had it, I'm really, really glad I didn't finish it. It's so much more comfortable when you're having intercourse or any type of sexual encounter, when you have a little bit of, you know, hair to help ease the friction. That's totally part of it. It also protects things from entering your vulva and your vagina. That's literally the point. And it's sexy as hell. Like, yeah, I, yeah, let's celebrate it. <laughs> dude, I love a bush. Give me an 80s bush any day. I can't even begin to tell you when I was like first starting to go into saunas and I was so embarrassed. I'm like, yes, I don't have hair on my vagina and this is mortifying. I feel like a hairless cat. I'm a grown ass woman and this is absolutely <laughs> ridiculous. And I was like self-shaming. I mean, like, I don't care whatever now, but it's just funny. Like, and on top of that, I was hiking and this is a little bit of TMI. Never with my- TMI with Monica. Oh my gosh. Yeah. With my niece who's 10 years old or was at the time. And we had to pee. We were like in the middle of the woods in Oregon. Um, and she went back and told her mom, she's like, why doesn't aunt Lindsay have any pubic hair on her vagina? And I was like, okay, one, I cannot believe you got that good of a look. Like I was definitely like peeing in the woods, but she was like interested. She wanted to know she's curious. Yeah, so yeah. young women, girls, like, wear your pubic hair, shave it into a unicorn shape, do whatever you want, but like feel comfortable. Like pubic hair is great. It's sexy. Like nobody needs to look like a hairless cat, but do what feels comfortable to you and do not let anybody shame you for it. I once, I read about this trend that was going on in Japan for a number of years where women were bleaching and dyeing their pubic hair robin's egg blue. What? Why? I don't know. They wanted like colored pubic hair, which I thought was hilarious. They were like, yeah, whatever. I'm just going to make this a piece of art, just like the hair on my head. Though, side note, I don't recommend that because you should not put bleach in your pubic hair. Yeah, no, don't do that. But yeah, like it protects your lymph nodes. Like say with underarm hair, like, you know what I mean? Like it's there to protect you. That's where your lymph nodes are. So it is there for a reason. It's not there for no reason. It's not there to make us look ugly or to make us look pretty. It's there for a protective purpose. It's there for a purpose. Keep it. No shame either way, but it is absolutely there for a reason. And And you know what, I I think I was reading something the other day, actually, and a lot of the reason I think part of young girls are used to and they're like very more comfortable shaving and waxing is one, porn. Porn has given us a a horrible view on what our bodies and like vaginas should look like and be like during sex. And that's not accurate and that's not real. And also dolls. Why don't dolls have like full grown Barbie dolls with pubic hair? Oh or my like, God, such a good point. Suggestion, at least paint it on there. Paint it on. It doesn't have to be like, you know, a Merkin style fluffy thing hanging off your Barbie doll. <laughs> 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 also, if you think Merkin, a Merkin is a um, pubic wig that they made back in like, 
you know, the Renaissance when they would have to shave people for crabs because they'd be embarrassed because then they'd be like, oh yeah, you had crabs, you don't have pubic hair. So they made these merkins. Oh my so, God, that is hilarious. Yeah, this is all over the place. But um, yeah, like paint it on there. Why do dolls not have pubic hair? They're full grown. I just realized that because they've got boobs and stuff. Like they're a full, they're a woman. A Barbie is a woman. Like she's old as in yeah. like she's not a kid. So yeah, why doesn't she have, that's such a good point. Yeah, shout out to um, Mattel, put pubic hair on your dolls. But they'd probably say it was, they'd probably say it's sexual or something like that. You oh my God. Like, so get this right. So um, on my Instagram, I had to like report this account because it was like harassment and whatever. And everyone was then reporting their account as well. This is a really long story short. And even though the account is like harassing all these different Instagram people for not being vegans and, and whatever, and like full on bullying, right? The Instagram comes back and say it says it's not, it's not crossing like community guidelines, even though it's like full blown, like, well, you should get your throat slick sort of crap. It's disgusting. Right. I know. Yet what pisses me off is that a woman can't have, has to cross out her nipple that looks the same as a fucking man's nipple one and two, all these women's accounts are being shut down for like sexual empowerment. Yet there Mm. are Instagram accounts where there's full blown porn all over the accounts and it stays. I'm like, what gives? Like, it's ridiculous. Yeah, it's, it's a huge bummer, especially because Instagram and Facebook have become such common practice for platforms for sharing and, you know, personal expression. And I mean, obviously, you know, you know, I do all of the photography work for Mm. Momotaro as well as I manage my own photography page. Um, And I have stuff reported all the time. And, you know, my background is in fine art and painting. I spent, you know, all of my college career you know, doing new drawing and painting and it was art. And then all of a sudden I have this internet community who's shaming me for putting all these different types of bodies out into the world. And, you know, we're really just trying to celebrate you and celebrate, you know, individuality and different forms of art. And it's, it's like a top down, very oppressive male patriarchy type situation. Like why this, why is, breastfeeding okay but this is not what you know it's 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 really a shame I wish the Instagram community <clears throat> was doing something more about this mm. we're able to find a way to you know better vet what's getting taken down and what's not you know 100%. threats and bullying and these things are, are such a bigger deal than you know a female nipple I know, right? Like, get over it. What gets me right is I'm like, why is it like we've been taught, obviously, over the years that a vagina or a penis or a nipple or whatever is quote unquote bad. Like, that's we've been taught that it should be covered up because of, you know, advertising media, bras, underwear. But then when you look at like the Renaissance age and stuff, and even I was at the, the mall yesterday, and there's like a statue of like, you know, the Renaissance, whatever. And like a guy's just standing there naked with his dick out. And I'm like, oh, so should that get like a, should that, should that get banned? You know what I mean? And um, so it's obviously been over time that it's come out, but, and then it's happened and we've been led to believe that having a vagina. I talk about this a lot with my clients of like, we, every time we wear a bra, just walking around our house and not letting ourselves just walk around naked because we can, we're telling ourselves like we have to wear a bra, we have to wear underwear because we can't just walk around naked and can't just like have our boobs out. But the bottom line is like, you either have boobs and a vagina or you've got a penis. 
Like you've got one or the other. So why can't you just like have your boobs or vagina out or your penis? Like even the same, I'm not saying we all need to like putting, be putting dick pics on Instagram, but the point is it's like, it's one or the other. It's a body part. It's like an arm or a leg. Yeah. Or, or you know what? Shout out to people that do have a mixture of, of both that might yeah. have boobs and, or whatever, or, or have a vagina and no boobs, whatever it is, whatever you've got on top, whatever you've got on bottom, doesn't really matter because everybody's got something, right? Exactly. It's just something. It's one or, the, one, one or other or, or a good mix. And <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know what I mean? And it's just like, we're being told that it's, you know, that we need yeah. to cover it up or that whatever, but it's like, we don't cover up our arm. We don't cover up our face. Yeah. I mean, I, I obviously have a lot of issues with that. You know, we, we created that not a dirty word campaign, which we made such a lovely video for And it was because there is so much shame around, you know, especially the word vagina and having one and making it smell right and look right and all this. Cause I mean, that's what all these topics we're talking about are about this, like, you know, modification or trying to make our bodies mm. more accepting for more, most times the male gaze. And, yeah. and that's not what it's about. Why are people censoring our bodies and our expression? People want to be connected. They want to feel good. We're, you know, we're put on this planet as sexual beings, one way or the other, oh, however you identify, you have some sort of relationship with this. Why are we de denying it, its existence? You know, like you can be asexual, you can be pansexual, bisexual, straight, gay, lesbian, all the things. But one way or the other, you have a relationship with this. And, and that's for life. And, and you've got to navigate the world in some sort of way. And for some reason right now, we've got this microscope on sex and gender and all of these things. And it's, it's very oppressive. You know, at times, it, you know, it can be uplifting. I do think the internet all the time for having the ability to connect with a community that has supported, um, you know, not only my own artistic and sexual expression, but the ability to get companies like Momotaro, you know, out in the world, 100%, as well as totally your platform to help educate and advocate for a lot of these issues. Um, it's so important, you know, it's important to, to learn and to study. And um, I don't know, it's just, it's, it's really a shame. And I, I'm excited that we're doing this and excited to talk about all this stuff always. It's so, it's so fun too. I love talking shit about this. Stuff. I know it's so good. Okay. Speaking of talking about fun, let's do the next fun question. Um, I want your opinion. What do you do if you want more, if you want sex more than your partner? Ooh, sex more than your partner. So this is funny. I mean, I identify as female and I feel like there's a lot of stigma around like ladies asking for sex, which is some bullshit. Um, <laughs> you know, like we'll just park that to the side. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like why, why do we not, why are we not given the same, um, you know, option to be like, yes, we want it just as much as Amanda's, but you know, have a healthy conversation. I think the best thing you can do is have a conversation not when you're getting into bed with someone like, you know what, who, whatever type of relationship you have with this person, ask what, ask what they want. You know, what do you want out of this sexual relationship? What do you like? What do you not like? Open communication, while it can feel really, really scary at first, is so empowering. And if you're in a good, healthy relationship, you know, your partner giving you sex in some capacity can feel safe and really good for you and good for them you know, if they might not want to partake, that could mean, you know, part in masturbation, that could mean them watching you, that could mean toys, there's so many different types of things that can be considered sex for one person and not the other. Um, it doesn't necessarily have to be full blown penetration. Um, 
you know, think about it, get creative. You know, we've also been given a very limited view of what sex is considered. And, you know, it's, it's like self-care and of any other part. It's like of life. Yeah. Like, no, a hundred percent. I was actually talking about a client, talking to a client about this um, right before our call. And I was just saying to her of like, a lot of the time we think sex is like goal of having an orgasm, but also sex, sex can just be an opportunity for you to connect with yourself or to connect with the other person and just like enjoy touch and sensation and be in your body as opposed to always in your head. Like our, the world that we live in, we're very head heavy in terms of like, we're thinking, overthinking stress. We're always in our head, always in the masculine. And whether you have an orgasm or don't have an orgasm, it's an opportunity for you to just tap in for a second and just to be present. Yeah. And, and it doesn't like, you know, sex can be so many things. Like I think a lot of people can identify with the fact that you have like one of those like really badass makeout sessions that is just like the most sloppy, saturated, amazing, like clothes on dry hump thing you've ever had. And like that oftentimes feels so much sexier and pleasurable than like two naked bodies trying to have penetrative sex in one way or the other. Like that is sexy. That is sex, you know, all 100%. of that, you know, and, and you know what, do it yourself too. If you want to have sex more than your partner, get your masturbation on, you know, figure out what that means and be like, Hey babe, I'm going to do this. And maybe that becomes your king. Like your partner's cooking dinner and you're just, you know, going for it at the sofa. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, whatever it's, it's never going to be the fairy tale people paint it to be, you know, sex relationships, all of the things you just have to be willing to be open and creative and always honest first and foremost always be honest and don't be scared or be scared but once you get once you get through it it's so much better you know you never regret it and what I always say, especially with sex and with anything when you're, when you're in a relationship is like, it's your responsibility, not theirs. So it's either your responsibility to speak up, your responsibility to communicate, your responsibility to have sex with yourself or do whatever's going to turn you on. Um, yeah. But you can't blame it on the other person because we all have different needs and all, we all have different desires, but you can only look after yourself and you can only control yourself. Absolutely. I was a totally passive partner for a long time, just looking to please. You know, I was just wanted my partner to like, have a grand old time and was not really considering myself and my own wants and needs. And, and it ha- it actually, you know, it did more damage than good because I wasn't sexually satisfied in my relationship mm-hmm. and it was my fault, you know, and you end up presenting the other person or having a worse relationship with sex. And you know, it's, it's just as unhealthy as, you know, forcing someone into something because you're oppressing yourself. Thousand percent. All right. Next question is, how do I avoid UTIs from sex? I used to get them so much. Um, it makes me scared to have sex again. Oh, and a side note with this, because it's actually from a client. Um, she then sent me a thing afterwards. I just want to like say this to everybody that this, if you are afraid of getting UTIs because you're always getting them, it's going to put what I call like a handbrake on your sex drive in that it will, your subconscious won't be able to have pleasurable sex, generally speaking, because you'll be so afraid of getting a UTI that you actually can't fully relax. So side note with that of like, you want to make sure that you're going into having sex, being calm and feeling comfortable, or you won't be able to have the full pleasure that you want. Um, what are your tips, Lindsay, for avoiding UTIs from sex? Well, I, I second your, um, 
kind of opinion about uh, stress not being able to relax that also stress also releases cortisol which is you know terrible affects every cell in your body which is also going to put you know your body at risk it causes inflammation etc so that you know that plays its own part yeah you know, so again trying not to be stressed but always pee after sex every single time even if you don't think you have to you have to pee after sex there's so much bacteria that's transferred back and forth between you know whatever whether it's your anus vagina urethra definitely pee after sex lightly wash i usually rinse off with a hot shower um just wash with warm water all around you know my body parts and you know there's other things you can do that are preventative people talk a lot about cranberry we haven't studied a ton of that i know cranberry is preventative it does not cure a uti after you already have it but it's supposed to help beforehand and um, that's cranberry tablets ladies not juice not juice exactly um use use the salve um mm. i have a lot of clients and customers who use it on their urethra before and after sex um that being said it is an oil based you cannot use it with condoms it will degrade it it's not a lube um but after sex i think is always a great option um and drink a ton of water this is like rule number one for being alive in this world hydrate like the more you can flush your system out the better also to um women or people who identify as women with vaginas like um your urethra is very short so it's a lot easier for a woman from uh, no i'm sorry not your urethra from your urethra to your bladder that tube is very short so it's easier for us to get um uh, utis and men yes sorry yep. excuse me yeah, no, that's perfect. It's late for you. Um, okay, and then we've kind of gone through everything. The root causes for most of the questions were thrush. Um, I think that was pretty much all of the oh, inflamed sacrum mucus around that area. Any thoughts on that? Again, it's inflammation, stress, cortisol, all that jazz that we've talked about already. Yeah, um, try the salve. I mean, salve. I think it depends too. Like what? What is? what is really causing it? Like, what it, is it just random? Is it, you know, I feel like a lot of these things are really hard for me to talk about because you don't know where the person's situation. Yeah. Like, were you having a ton of rough sex? Is that why you have an inflamed sacrum? Or do you have some sort of like IBS? You know, there's so many reasons. Again, it's finding the root of your cause. And that's why it's good to chart, even like chart your cycle when you're getting it with your cycle. And then what you're saying before, I will always chart, like, did I have a stressful day? Did I eat something weird? Was I bloated? Did I have some big like thing happen during the day? So when I can go back, I can look at those things um, in terms of my period and hormones and how things are showing up and how I'm feeling. Exactly. I, I think journaling in general is really, really great. Um, we do so many things every day to day that how are you supposed to possibly remember with the amount of information we're intaking on the internet with our work, our personal lives that just write it down and it doesn't have to be anything fancy. Um, I, my root causes, yes, I had sex in like a hot spring that I should not have, which was growth. <laughs> we'll do not do that. I'm sorry. Um, but I had major gut issues, major, major gut issues. I had gotten really sick a couple months prior and I think it, that I know that that was the root of my cause. I had to do a major um, food cleanse, food and alcohol cleanse eventually to get my system back on track. Um, and it took kind of like looking back and really thinking like, when did this start? How did this start? When did I get better? And, um, you know, it, it just really helps to be ultra mindful, keep the journal on just a short list day to day. 
100, 100%. Amazing. Any last things that you want to mention, Liz, Lindsay, or want to talk about anything like that? No, you know, I'm just, I'm, I'm super grateful, Monica. Thank you for having me on here. Thanks I'm, for coming on. I'm, yeah, I'm so excited that we can talk about this to people listening. These issues are so common. I mean, these happen to people all over the world, all the time. You know, we're really lucky that we live in countries that you're able to even, you know, find mm -hmm. these types of you know, treatments as accessible. Talk to your friends, tell more people, make it silly, make it fun, and be honest and open always because there's always somebody dealing with something. And, and you know, when we started this, someone's like, wow, are you ready to like put your vagina on blast to the world? And it's like, shit, I don't know. But now it's like, yes, this yeah. is so common. I, I think that's what we're both trying to just get to the point of, of like, it is so normal. Like it's so common. It happens. It's just part of being a woman, part of having a vagina. There's no shame. And as soon as you start talking about it, you give your friends permission to talk about it. Like you're being the leaders, you're being the light by you taking that scary leap. It becomes normal for everybody. And we're a collective as one woman allows herself to speak about it. She gives permission for all these other women to speak about it. And it's really fucking empowering and just like it's not even like yes it's empowering but it's also just about coming back to the truth and the truth of the situation is we have vaginas and sometimes we get thrush or yeast infections or utis or bd and that's called life and we keep going and we talk about it and we do the things and we don't need to feel shame about it no it's it's really no different than getting a common cold i mean like nobody's sitting shaming and poo-pooing someone for like having the sniffles and like it's just, it's just no different. It's treatable. You get rid of it. You find ways to prevent it. You make yourself feel better and you move on with your life and, you know, laugh about it. Like, Love it's, it. It's all good. Yay. Thank you so much, Lindsay. Oh, so we're going to do a little giveaway, everybody. So the link in the description, and I'll send you this link as well, Lindsay, um, will be for a giveaway. So all you got to do is put your email details in and then um, we'll run that for a, two weeks after the podcast. So I'll put the end date in the description um, and then we'll do a giveaway and American people, Lindsay will send it out and any American win winners, Lindsay will send the products to you and Australian winners, I will send products to you. Um, so make sure you do that if you want to try out Lindsay's products because they're not available in Australia yet, are they? No, not yet, but we are super excited. We're trying to talk to some international shippers. It's funny, we get Aussie inquiries all the time and it's time to get it out there. But this is a great way for some people over there to um, try our products. Hopefully our consumers that are over there will listen to this and hopefully get a chance to win some products. A hundred percent. Beautiful. Thank you so, 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 so much, Lindsay. I'm coming back in August. So I'll see you then. Yay. I can't wait, Monica. Thank you so Thank much. Thank you. How good was that? Oh my God. I was literally in hysterics the whole fucking time, but so good. And I cannot wait to be back in uh, New York for August and September. I just fucking love that place. Get me back there. Anyway, so make sure ladies that you have signed up for our epic, epic giveaway so that you can win some of Lindsay's amazing, amazing products. So your vagina can be happy as a big in, well, Mama Taro. So thank you for so much, ladies. Thank you for so much. That was good. Thank you so much, ladies, for listening to this podcast. Please, please, please share it on your Instagram story so that other friends can also understand a bit more about their UTIs, how to fix it naturally, and also know that all this stuff that we're going through as women is completely normal. And let's just celebrate being a fucking epic woman. So 
Make sure you're following me on Instagram. Tag me in your stories. Chat to me on Instagram. Follow along with my Instagram lives. I'm doing lots of them. Make sure that you send me any ideas or things that you want me to talk about. And if you haven't already rated the podcast, I would really, really appreciate that. Oh, have an incredible day and I will talk to you soon. Bye.